All right. How are you guys? Ooh. We got a new microphone. We're trying it. It might not last long. How, how does it, does it sound good, bad? Doesn't sound, it sounds robotic. Mr. Robotnik, we'll have a backup just in case. We're going we're gonna to work through it. We'll try it. So sorry for sounding like, uh, it reminds me, what's that song? Was it by Sticks? Mr. Robotnik. Anyway, I'm glad you're here this morning. We're, uh, I got a few announcements before we jump into the message. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, thank you for being here. Uh, please make sure you grab a bag in the back. Uh, it's got a little something in there for you. Uh, and I would encourage you to go to LifeChurchUtah.com and let us know you are here. That way we can stay connected with you, let you know what's coming up. Um, and then if you have uh, tithes, offerings, uh, you can give your gifts there in the back at the kiosk or at LifeChurchUtah.com. And now we've got some exciting things coming up as far as outreaches and opportunities to serve. Um, next week on October 3rd, we will be helping 180 Ministries. It's a Teen Challenge ministry here in Erda, and it's for, it used to be called New Hope House, um, but it's for at-risk at teen youth girls, and uh, they have, I think it's five acres or so there in Erda, and uh, they need help with maintaining the lot. So next Saturday, I will be here at 8.30, leaving at 8.45, because we need to be there by 9. So if you're interested in helping uh, for a few hours out there uh, at, the, at the house, meet me here at 8.30. And then at uh, October 30th, uh, we have a fun little outreach. Uh, we're going to do a trunk or treat. And uh, it's going to be kind of fun. Uh, we're going to decorate the trunks. We're going to have, as it says there, it might be hard to read. Come one, come all. Kettle corn raffles and fun trunks full of candy. Uh, we're going to have a meeting today after church, after the service, uh, just to go over some of the details, some of the things we need. Uh, so if you want to be involved with that, stick around, and we'll have a, a quick 15-minute uh, meeting or so. And then um, coming up on October 4th, after church, we're going to have a prayer night. Uh, a prayer night focused on praying for our, co our country, the upcoming election, and uh, really just uh, presenting God with our desire for him to pour out his spirit in our country. So I would encourage you, make time for that uh, next Sunday night at 5 p.m. It'll be an hour long. Um, be there or be square. Uh, and then if uh, on... A <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone said that's not fair. <laughs> I know. I, it's a joke. I didn't. I know. Uh, well, if you can't make that, then Wednesday the 7th at the West Valley campus, they're going to have a worship night. Uh, it starts at 7. Uh, I believe it's 7. I will have to verify that time. I'm pretty sure it's seven. But it, it's an awesome time where uh, they get the worship team there, and, and it's a night again of prayer, worship, and, and just uh, diving into to God's presence. So be there or be square. 
<laughs> I kid, I kid. So, jumping into our message. Last week, you know, as we are all aware, we have been in a, a series on the book of Galatians. We've spent several weeks talking about the book of Galatians. And over the last three weeks, we've pulled out some powerful truths. Uh, three weeks ago, we learned that through adoption, God's promises become ours. That when we invite God into our hearts, or Jesus into our hearts and into our lives, that through the spirit of adoption, all of those promises become ours. And the relationship with God is, becomes personal. And the, it's a, a relationship that grows. And then a couple weeks ago, we looked at how our freedom is our opportunity to love one another through service. That while we have freedom, our, the purpose of that freedom is not to gratify force. It's not to gratify me, but it's to love one another through serving one another. And last week we looked at who we are led by determines the fruit we bear. That inside of us there's this duality. There's these two sides of us. There is the, the, the flesh, which the Bible calls the sinful nature. There's the spirit side, which is pulled towards God. And they're always at, at war with each other. And we need to decide, do we want to be people that are led by the flesh or by the spirit? And then we, and we looked at the results of what it was to be led by either one. And that how we want to be a people that are led by the spirit, where the, the fruit that we bear is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today's message ties into the last two weeks. And as we have made abundantly clear, everything has been wrapped around Galatians 5.1 that says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That it's God's desire that we, true, that we live in true freedom. Freedom from the law. Freedom from sin. Freedom from ga- uh, guilt and shame. That he doesn't want us to live a life of slavery. Now, some of you might be wondering why I have guitars. No, it didn't. It's still on. We'll just switch to this. Um, as some of you may know, I used to lead worship here at, at Life Church, but many of you may not know the backstory of my music career. <laughs> so let me take you back into the annals of my memory. Long, long ago, in a land far, far away, there lived a boy with dreams, aspirations of playing the guitar, of being a blues legend. When I graduated high school, I had really fallen in love with blues music. Music by Stevie Ray Vaughan, B.B. Uh, King, Freddie King, uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. That was what... That was the music I listened to. I loved it. So when I graduated high school, my parents bought me my first guitar. And here she is. Now, while it looks like the real thing, it's kind of, it's the middle grade. But it was my life for, oh man, 
years. And, and my parents, they didn't want to buy the super expensive one because they're like, well, what if he doesn't really get into it? We don't want to invest that much. And so when I got this guitar, I mean, just I should have brought the picture. It's kind of fun. I had braces. I was dorky looking. Uh, but I found myself locked down into the, in my room. I lived in the basement. It's where my room was. And my dad had the old school speakers that were like this tall, had the tweeter, the mids, the 18-inch bass subwoofer, had two of them. I had uh, an amp and a CD player. And my poor mother, poor mother, it wasn't like a 15-minute jam session in my room or 30 minutes or an hour. It was hours on end, blasted. The amp's right here, speaker's at me. I'm surprised I can still hear. Uh, but man, I would turn on the blues music and I would just try to mimic and play all of these guitar licks that I was hearing, and, and I loved it. And you know, fast forward a couple of years, and I'm in what's called Master's Commission. It was a program to help train me to become a minister. Now, the thing that was unique about this, traditional Master's Commission, you live in a host home. So you go out of state, and someone in the church allows you to live in their home for a year. And you, you do life with them, you live with them, and then you go to the church, and you have opportunities to learn and to do ministry. Mine was different, where it kind of turned more into an internship. I actually lived in the church for three years. So where there was a stage, we turned that into a bedroom, and four of us bunked in there and, and lived together. And while I was in Master's Commission, I, I started to get involved with the worship team there, and I was playing the acoustic. And one day we, I don't know if you remember the song, it was by Michael W. Smith. Is called Forever. And the lead part is played by a violin, but we didn't have a violin player. So our electric guitar player, he would play that lead part. Well, it came, the day is here. We're going to do this new song, and the guitar player is nowhere to be found. And his amp is gone. And so we reasoned, he's not coming. And so I told Tara, the worship player, I was like, I have an electric guitar. I don't have any pedals to make a distortion sound or anything like that, but I can try to learn that part and play. And she's like, go for it. So I went to our room there in the church and started learning the licks of this, uh, of this song. And from that moment forward, I was now the lead guitarist for the worship team. So then I, while loving this guitar, went and bought this guitar, which is the, the American Standard like cream of the crop kind of it plays wonderfully it sounds great and just immersed myself in playing worship music and while I did my best to not let my head go it, it kind of did and the day came where we felt like God was moving us to a different church and we went to a different church and it was kind of nice we were pew sitters for a little while weren't involved with anything didn't do anything just kind of sat in the back. And it got to the point where it's like, you know, this isn't okay. We need to be involved. We've got to be doing something. And so my default, join the worship team. So I auditioned for the worship team, and I was put on the Saturday night team where I would play. And it was a more intimate setting, a room about this size, uh, but it was like a cafe. And so it was very small, very intimate, and it, it was a good opportunity for me to get plugged in. Well, I finally got the invite to play Sunday morning. And it was like, okay, this is it. And now, let me...
preface this part of the story saying, I learned to play by ear. If you ask me how I play what I play, I cannot tell you. I don't know music. I don't know music theory. I don't know any of that. It, it's all in here and comes out here. And or here, as Carlos Santana says, I play from my heart. And it comes from my heart. So I, that's where it comes from. Mi corazón into my fingertips. Um, and uh, so anyway, I get my chance. And at this church, the musicians are professionals. Uh, they are out of my league. And they're, we're practicing. And they're like, you know what? I don't like that G chord. We're going to change it to a G augmented seven. What? I don't know what that is. So I've got my little chord book, and I'm flipping. So I, I don't see this in the book. I don't. Needless to say, I was not asked back to play on Sunday morning or Saturday night. And the, the sad part of the story is instead of allowing it to inspire me and push me, it broke me. And I was, uh, I, I was, I was literally shattered. This, this balloon head was popped. I was deflated. And to be quite honest, I didn't play the guitar for about eight years. I didn't, I didn't touch it. I, I would play every now and then. I'd go downstairs and fiddle with it, but it was like, meh. And, and it, it really was, it was good for me. It was a nice piece of humble pie, but I, I allowed it to, to break me instead of inspire me. Now we fast forward eight years later, and Pastor Dustin and Heather are coming here. And they don't know my story. They just know that I've helped with worship. And so they ask me, would you be willing to come out and lead worship? I'm like, guys, I've played in the background. I have never led. I have never put together a song list. I don't really sing in front of people. And they're like, that's okay. That's okay. We just need the help. And if you're willing to help, we will take you. And it's like, okay. And so I remember that first song list I put together, I practiced for a month. And I got up here and I was just terrified. And the thing that's awesome about this story is it was through the friendship, through the love of Pastor Dustin and Heather that restored me back to a place of loving music, loving to play music, a desire to lead worship. They helped me find healing that I needed. And for that, I, I'm most grateful. And I have a, a great love for them for that, because if they had not asked me, if God had not put it on their heart, I wouldn't be here today. Has anyone ever been that for you? Has anyone ever walked with you through the process of grief, of pain, of depression, and helped you bring restoration to your life? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at today. What is our role in helping restore people, helping love people through what they're going through? And we'll be learning these principles from uh, chapter 6 in Galatians. We'll be looking at uh, verses 1 through 5. And as I was putting this together, the thought came to me. Through relationship, freedom and restoration are possible. Through relationship, freedom and restoration are possible. So let's look at verses 1 through 5. And it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by some sin... You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. 
and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. You are really a nobody. Be sure to do what you should, for then you will enjoy the personal satisfaction of, of having done your work well, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Let's pray. Father, again, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that your word gives us principles to live by that not only impact our lives, but the lives of those around us. So I pray this morning as we unpack these verses that your truths would come to light and that they would come to life and that they would impact our hearts and our spirits and that we would be open to receiving them. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, over the past couple of weeks, we've looked at the practical side uh, of everything we, we've studied. The reality that the way we live our lives reveals how we view God. Now, Paul hits us with the reality of the grace we give, the way we love other people, the way we treat other people reveals how we view God. And, you know, most of what we've talked about has been introspective. We've looked at how the fruit I bear, the way I live. Well, today, you know, and we've talked about how our freedom is to help and serve other people. But how about when someone falls? How about when someone makes a mistake? What about someone that walks away? Now, as you've learned, I am not perfect. I, I have made, I have made, uh, I have made it kind of, I feel I've made it clear that, that I have my, my own struggles. I, I've shared how I, I can have a temper. Now, I look like a big, squishy teddy bear, but I can be a mean bear sometimes, and I need to learn to control my temper. Self-doubt. It might seem like I have it all together, but I, I live with a, self, a, a, a degree of self-doubt, and I, I work on that, and I, I struggle with that sometimes. And, and I talked about last week complaints and being critical at work being a supervisor and how trying to change the morale at work because that's my job, but I can get sucked into being critical and criticizing everything and being judgmental. I shared when I was younger, I was judgmental that if you didn't follow the rules a certain way, if you didn't live a certain way, if you didn't do, you know, judgment was, was there for you. And I've gotten over that, but every now and then that likes to creep its head in there. And then there's a new one. I can't get slides correct in this church for some reason. I don't want to mention any names, but Eddie, <laughs> he was giving me a rash about it last week that he's like, at this point, I don't know if it's a game, like try to find the mistake or if it's just a genuine mistake. So for this moment moving forward, it's going to be a game. See if you can find the mistake because I don't, I do it on purpose. <laughs> but needless to say, I have given Allison plenty of opportunity to practice the principles that we are learning today. Believe me, she's, she's a pro. Um, but as we unpack these, these five verses, we're going to learn what our response should be, how we should act toward one another. So let's look at verses 1 through 2 again. Dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently 
and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation. Share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Right out of the gate, Paul hits us. A Christian who has overcome with some sin. So I'm going to get it out in the open now. All of us are going to make mistakes. All of us are going to make a bad choice. We are all going to need forgiveness, direction, redirection in our lives. So we're not, and we're not talking about people that aren't in here. We're talking about Christian people that make mistakes. And what do we do? He's talking about you and me. And he says, you who are godly, you, those of you that are believers, gently and humbly help that person. Be gentle, be humble, fruits of the Spirit. So what is our response? How are we to act? Here's the thing that we, we might forget. The person that has made the mistake knows they've made the mistake. They're already beating themselves up over that mistake. And because they're beating themselves up, the devil is just helping influence that. Like, yeah, hey, shouldn't have done that, should you? I can't believe you. You did it again. And we allow the, the, the enemy to, to help us feed what's already going on in our brain. And they don't need our help to make it worse. They don't need us to be the judgment coming down on them. No, they need us there to love them and to guide them and to bring them back. We're to be gentle. We need to remember that the grace that was given to us through Jesus is the same grace we extend to them. It's the same grace that was extended to us. We need to give that back to them. He says, be humble. This is our moment to not throw out an I told you so. But the, 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 the end goal is restoration. So many people, and, and it, this isn't okay because our faith should be uh, stronger, but so many people have walked away from faith because of the way other people have treated them when they have made a mistake. And my hope is that our faith grows and that if someone mistreats us, we don't say, well, God doesn't love me. I'm walking away. I'm done with it. But it, we can have a big impact on somebody's life, on the way we react to a mistake that they made. We need to be humble. We need to be gentle. And then he says, be careful. Be careful. You're not above the same mistake. While you are there helping and being gentle and being humble and, and loving on them, be careful you don't fall into the same sin. No one is above temptation. The, the, the devil is cunning and he knows how to get to us. So we must be wise. We must use caution. We must be vigilant because we too can fall prey to the same temptation. And then he says, share each other's, trouble, uh, each other's troubles and burdens. Now, I had met with a friend a little while ago, and he was going through something heavy. And he was carrying the weight of it, and he, he didn't know how to process it. And it's like, well, I'm here to help carry this, to help you walk through it. He's like, how can you help me carry this burden? And I'm, I told him, by what we're doing right now, through relationship, by not holding it in. You see, the church has fallen into this deception that we need to act like we got everything together. We got all our ducks in a row. We got our, uh, our I's dotted, our T's crossed. But you see, this is to our detriment. 
We need to live life together. We need to create relationships where we can be open with one another, talk to one another, share with one another. Now, I'm not saying go find Sally on the street and make her, her your therapist. No, we got to build a close, uh, a tight-knit group of friends. And, and through those relationships, we find that we carry this, the, the burdens of each other. Life is hard, and we cannot do it alone. Now, I told, I sent, Allison was sitting outside. I, I mentioned we did the, the fire pit. We've been doing the fire pit lately. And she was outside with her friend, so I sent her a text. I'm like, I'm going to talk about you tomorrow. Just wanted to give you a heads up. But I didn't tell her what, so here it is. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to brag on my wife. And this will probably lead to a conversation later in the car like, why did you have to say that about me? So I apologize in advance. But because she she's not a fan of attention. And so, but what I'm about to share with you, I think, holds great weight because it is a character trait that she has that is something I wish I had. And I had, we were talking about a friend and something that they were going through. And again, another situation where the weight for this person was so heavy. And as we were talking about it, um, I could see that her cheeks started to turn rosy and, and the water in her eyes started to well up. And I was like, are, are you okay? And she's like, I just, I cannot imagine going through and carrying the weight of what, he, uh, of what this person experienced. And it's in that that she has this ability to, to empathize and really put herself in that person's situation and, and really take on what they're, they're processing and what they're going through. And when we get to know each other, that's what happens. When that relationship becomes more intimate, we are able to have that connection with one another. And we must build these type of relationships. If we want to be healthy Christians, a healthy church, we need to learn that we have to do life together this way. So a little plug, starting on October 18th at the beginning of our next series, home groups are going to start up. So I, I encourage you, get involved in a home group. And then he said this, Paul said this, in this way, obey the law of Christ. See, when we care for each other the way we are supposed to, we fulfill what Christ said, love one another as I have loved you. And in this, the world will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. We are supposed to love one another. So again, through relationship, freedom, and restoration are possible. Let's look at verse 3. It says this, If you think you are too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. You are really a nobody. Now that sounds harsh. Um, it is kind of harsh. But I went to the Amplified Version, and it sheds light on, on what Paul is, the point he's trying to make. And it says this in the Amplified Version. For if any person thinks himself to be somebody too important to condescend or look down on someone to shoulder another's load when he is nobody of superiority except in his own estimation, he deceives and deludes and cheats himself. He's saying none of us are above needing help. None of us are above 
helping. And when we refuse to get involved for whatever reason, I put up walls, I don't want to get hurt, I don't want to get in, involved for... We can make a, a thousand different reasons. We cheat ourselves. You see, the blessing in knowing that you have helped somebody is, is incredible. The thing that I have learned through my life, that when I am helping somebody, I am blessing them, but somehow... And I, I, it's, by the way, God designed it I, because I get blessed more than the person I'm blessing. To see how it has affected their life, how it has helped them, blesses me and encourages me and builds me up. So, again, through relationship, freedom and restoration are possible. Through relationship, freedom and restoration are possible. Let's, and that leads us into verses 4 through 5. And it says this, Be sure to do what you should, for then you will enjoy the personal satisfaction of having done your work well, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. It is not a contest for who can help more people. There are going to be people, like my wife, who have the ability to listen and to help. It's a gift. I try to develop that. I'm working on it. But some people are just naturally gifted at it, and they will help more people. What Paul is saying is be open to what the Spirit is leading you to do. When he prompts you, it's your turn to help that person. We listen, and we do that. We don't make comparisons to, to who's helping more, but we are obedient to what he is leading us to do. We can then say we've done our work well. We have done well and then paul reminds us we are responsible for our conduct see i can lead i can show you the principles i can teach you the principles but like the old adage says you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink it's up to us we're responsible for our conduct conduct and applying these things to our lives and i'm going to hurry really quick because the, the hour is late I want to end with a story. Um, back in ancient Israel, Jesus had just come down off the Mount of Olives. And it was in the morning. And as he is there, the teachers and the Pharisees of the law drag out this woman. And they throw her down in front of a crowd. Because Jesus attracted a crowd. So there's, there's a group of people there. And they're like, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now, according to law, she should be stoned to death. What do you say? Because they were trying to trap him into something. They wanted to find something to, to, to catch him in, that they could twist his words. And so, what does Jesus do? Stoops down and begins to ride into the, the sand. Now, a lot of us have heard this story, and, and I've heard... You know, some preachers say, maybe he started writing names. Maybe no one knows what he was writing. Well, the Pharisees start getting fed up, and they're like, well, what is it? So he stands up, and he says, you know what? The first one of you that is without sin, you cast the first stone. And then he stoops back down and starts drawing in the sand again. Well, the story says it began with the older cr group of people. They dropped their stones, and they walked away. And one by one, everybody left, including the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. 
And Jesus stands up and says to the woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And my friends, that is who we are to be. We are to be a people that confront sin, call sin what it is, but then we extend grace. We extend mercy. We help. We restore. We love one another. That is who we are. That's who we're called to be. And we can do that through relationships. So one more time, through relationship, freedom and restoration are possible. Through relationship, freedom and restoration are possible. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that you allow us to have a role in helping restore people. That you give us the opportunity to love on our neighbor, to love on our friends, to love on our co-workers, our family, our church family. And help them walk through the challenges of life that we know we, we're going to stumble. So I pray and I encourage us, Lord, your church, to be a people that will love and pour out our hearts and our, our empathy, our support, and, and help bring people, walk people back to a right relationship with you. May this become something that is embedded into our character of who we are. We are a church that confronts what's happened, but then we show grace and restore that person. We thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Now I have a reflection and a challenge for you. Here's my reflection. Think on a time when someone was there for you, someone that helped restore you. How did that make you feel? How, did, how was it to have that person in your life? Or if there wasn't anyone there to help you walk through it, how did that affect you? Think about this. And then the challenge is be that person for someone else. Be the support. Be the non-judgmental ear. Listen, then speak. Listen, then speak. Sometimes we get that switched around. We can't jump in too soon. We, uh, these type of relationships, situations, they take time, and we need to work through them slowly. But be that, that, that support for that person. Get involved in someone else's story and help them through their story. And then get involved in a home group. If you're interested, we have a sign-up sheet in the back. Uh, I've talked about many times how I have, we have a group of friends that we do life with and we are able to talk about the, the gamut of things in life. And it is incredibly helpful to have those people in your life. So I encourage you, sign up. We'll get you plugged into a, a home, a host home, and, and, and we can start building those relationships. And I leave you with this. If we will be the church that will confront sin and call it what it is, but then extend grace, we will see a generation living and giving glory to God because in this is true freedom. In this, people find and know the love and grace of Jesus. I thank you for being here. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you next week. God bless.